0: Law
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Consumer's Law Journal on ALRPRA Law Talk Radio. Today is Tuesday, August 17, 2010, and I'm your host, Nick Augustine. This show is produced by ALRPRA Incorporated, a national law practice management agency headquartered downtown Chicago, Illinois, and serving greater Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, and Washington, D.C. We help manage our clients' business so they can spend more time practicing law. Today's guest is me. I am the producer of Law Talk Radio Programs and the principal of ALRPRA Incorporated, uh, the National Law Practice Management Agency. Some have called our agency their chief operating officer for hire. Most of our work focuses on commercial publicity, building law firms, and practice management consulting and staffing. As the producer of the Law Talk Radio Programs, one of my tasks is content management, I spend a great deal of my time searching for new guests to bring practice area and management information to our listeners. Today, I will be taking calls and responding to emails and text messages I've received recently regarding potential show topics, questions, and guests. I invite your comments and feedback during today's show, and as I ask you, what would you ask a lawyer if any topic were fair game? We will search for and bring you the attorneys to answer your questions on a later show. Some of those attorneys may have their own individual show about their practice areas, and we are also going to do a follow-up show where we are going to have certain attorneys call in to answer those questions, and to all of our callers and uh, people asking questions, we will let you know when that show is going to be on the Consumer's Law Journal on that later airing date. Please make your questions general, because our attorney guests cannot give legal advice on our show, and advice given on the show does not create an attorney-client relationship. It's general advice. You're encouraged to contact the attorney independently if you want to follow up and become a client. Of course, you should not be shy. There are no bad questions out there, just questions unanswered. Our goal is to better educate our public on what types of legal questions they may have and otherwise may not feel comfortable calling a law office or hiring an attorney to ask. And instead of listening to the advice from the uh, people at the grocery store or your neighbor, uh, we encourage our guests to call in and ask those questions. Now, before we begin today, we want to remind you that our two weekly shows air every uh, Tuesday and Thursday at 3 o'clock. First, the Lawyer's Toolbox, uh, that show airs on Thursdays at 3 o'clock, and the Consumer's Law Journal, of course, today airs on Tuesday afternoons. Now, both the Law Talk both Law Talk radio shows air at 3 o'clock Central, which is also 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific Time. We do have a great show for you this afternoon, and we invite our callers to send their emails to info INFO at ALRPRA.com, or please call in by dialing area code 917-889-9732. Again, the call-in number is area code 917-889-9732, and you can press option 1 to be placed in the caller queue. The telephone number, again, area code 917-889-9732, option 1. Also, today's callers are going to be eligible to win a contest, um, and by eligible, actually, they all win. But because any caller who calls in today will receive free admission to a social media update seminar that's going to be held Wednesday, September 22nd, here in Chicago. And the regular price of admission for that seminar is $25. Participants who are not located in Chicago will also be able to attend via remote video um, as a webinar. Again, our disclaimer that this is a general information program designed to offer tips to the public. The advice shared on this show does not constitute legal advice. The results may vary and are based on the specifics of your matter. You are encouraged to privately consult a professional and may be advised that the laws vary from state to state as they could apply to comments made on this show. Again, comments made on this show between attorneys and the public generally, whether this show or another show, do not constitute an attorney-client relationship and all callers remain confidential, and the rights to this broadcast are reserved by ALRPRA, Incorporated. So the format we're going to do today is I'm going to start by taking a few pre-received questions, and I'm going to read the questions and identify generally the practice areas uh, and general nature of issues involved, Uh, And then we were going to find a specific attorney to either call in and answer that question or we will find someone who will have an entire show devoted on that topic. For example, uh, we have a a bankruptcy attorney who's going to be on um, in a couple weeks and he'll be taking many of those questions there. So again, callers, the telephone number is area code 917-889-9732. So... I'm going to go ahead with our first question. First question uh, is, and I'll give you the practice area first, uh, it's generally a guardianship uh, issue, this first call or uh, question. Um, actually, this was a call received in response to our promoting the show. Um, on the voicemail, I didn't get a chance to talk to the individual, um, but they left a voicemail and Basically explained that their question was, what do they do about their elderly father who does not want to go to a nursing home? The caller explained that um, the father is independent, has lived independently for for some years, um, and the I guess the the wife is is no longer um, in the picture. They didn't indicate why not, but uh, it's just the, the father. And the father is elderly, and they want him to go to a nursing home. They're concerned that he's not going to go. Every time that they've talked about it, they've received um, criticism and negative comments from their father. And they want to know what to do about the situation. Uh, they want to know can they make their dad go to a nursing home. Can they can they something that they can enforce um, you know what do they do? So what we're going to do is we're going to ask someone who is an attorney who deals with estate planning, which often includes guardianship matters, to give some general advice on some of the steps and procedures that they could go through because most likely they would need to ask a court to order that the father goes to a nursing home or an elder care facility, and that's normally going to require a good level of involvement, like I said, with the courts um, going through the different statutory provisions. Now I don't know whether they were talking about a private facility or a public facility. Um, more, We'll get more information uh, from our caller uh, for our next show. Uh, looks like we already do have a caller so we're gonna go ahead and take this person. All right. Caller, if you're there, you're live on Law Talk Radio, the Consumer's Law Journal. Go ahead with your question.
0: I've got a question, um, Nick, about uh, my uh, property. Uh, we live about a block from a grade school. And on the terrace, what I mean by the terrace is the, uh, the uh, lawn portion uh, between the sidewalk and the curb and gutter, uh, there are a number of trees. Uh, now, some of these trees are uh, older and have big branches on it. Uh, I've noticed uh, one or two of them uh, probably needs to be trimmed. Uh, My question is this. um, Do I need to call the city uh, to have them? Well, I do need to call the city. I know that, uh, to have them uh, trimmed. But uh, my question is, If uh, in a windstorm or something like that, if one of them were to fall down and uh, hit somebody, uh, in front of my property that was walking on the sidewalk, am I liable for that? Would the city be liable? Uh, who uh, who would, uh, or would we share the responsibility? I'm not sure uh, um, how, uh, you know, how I'd make that determination.
1: Okay. I understand your question, and I think that you've uh, hit the nail on the head with calling your local municipality to ask them what they can do about the trees that, are overgrown or potentially uh, look like they're going to fall? Do they look like they're ready to crash down now?
0: Well, no, no, they don't. But I've noticed there's there's uh, through the years there have been uh, limbs that uh, you know that uh, uh, die, and uh, I know one came down in a rainstorm uh, last year. Uh, and uh, living near a grade school, we have a parade of uh, little children at uh, in the mornings and the evening. As well as parents, you know, walking them to school. Since we're a block away from, uh, you know, out of that facility, uh, it's 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 always been a concern of mine.
1: Okay. Well, one of the I think that the best person to answer your question is going to be a general plaintiffs uh, attorney who normally would handle personal injury cases or possibly someone who works uh, in personal injury on the defense side of the equation where they're representing the insurance companies because likely if there were to be a fallen limb, um, most plaintiff's attorneys, in my experience, again, this isn't legal advice, but most people are going to sue every person they can find. They're going to probably sue the municipality and then sue the homeowner directly as well. And then that shifts the burden um, to the insurance company, if, to the extent you have homeowner, homeowner's insurance, your homeowner's insurance policy is going to you know, get involved and try to pin it all on the city. Maybe the city's attorney will say, no, there's an intervening something that you know, involves your property. So uh, that's the attorney who best answers questions about what is generally known as premises liability. Um, normally, People, Homeowners have a general duties to keep their properties safe and free from causing harm to others. Um, and then when there's trees, as you've indicated, on a terrace or a, a piece of land between your house and a public roadway, um, there's some confusion sometimes as to who's responsible for that property. So we will get an, uh, the proper attorney online uh, to answer your question and give you some advice um, as to what you can do to protect yourself. Does that, does that answer your question?
0: Uh, yes, it did, and uh, I think in the meantime I will call up the city and have them uh, at least tell them that there are some dead branches and have them check them out.
1: Sure. I, it would be a good idea to let them know, and also, you know, uh, do you have, I, I, I don't want to pry, but uh, do you have homeowners insurance? Yes, I do. I'd read the policy. I'd see what the policy says. Um, As far as any direct legal advice on what's going on there, we can't do that, but we will have an attorney who will give you some general advice on on a later show. So uh, I made a record of your number, and I will give you a call. Is this the number number you called in on? You're available at some other time?
0: Okay. Well, yes, there is. No, the one you have is fine.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I will follow up with you uh, very soon after the show. I thank you for your call.
0: All right. Great show. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Okay. Our next question, again, we had our first question about the guardianship issue uh, with the individual who wanted the father to go to the nursing home. Dad didn't want to go. So that was our first question. Our second question, again, was about general liability of trees located in front of the house where it's the city's property and the trees are old and might fall down. All right. uh, On to make a record of our questions here. Our third question is a personal injury question, um, not having to do with trees falling, uh, but that some individual who, even, this is an email question, there was an injury and they, the person settled with, I believe it was a leg injury, if my notes uh, are correct, and the individual settled with the insurance company um, out of court and before seeing an attorney and before finishing or doing more treatment. And apparently the individual injury um, was worsened, and they're now regretting having settled the case so soon and are wondering what they can do because the insurance company as they said very much pressured them into settling the case and said that if they they could go hire an attorney but that they were not likely to get much of a better outcome and the attorney would just take a cut and they should just take the settlement so um based on that question I see two potential problems. Number one, an insurance company generally has a good faith duty um, to negotiate with individuals and set, you know, settle claims in good faith, but to tell them not to go see an attorney and to tell them to just settle it, um, that might be a problem. I'm not, I'm not sure uh, what the liability is there on the insurance company's end, uh, but generally when someone settles a personal injury case, Um, they're signing a release or, you know, under a contractual uh, obligation or duty when they sign that uh, release that they are not going to come back and sue later. Um, That's sort of the whole purpose of settlement. Um, What are their options now? And it says that they are, this happened in uh, May. So again, injury to the leg, uh, individual took a settlement. Now they're regretting taking the settlement and the case, you know, their their issues are worse. Um, Now they need to seek additional medical treatment and so forth. So we will have a a great personal injury attorney, maybe someone from the defense side as well. Again, that's someone who represents, uh, an attorney who represents the insurance companies. Um, We'll have that individual on as well to uh, maybe field that question. Um, Before we move on to our next question, we're going to pause for a commercial break. Our first sponsor is Attorney Nancy K. Ducharme. When you need the right legal services to advance your creativity, you need to call the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme. Attorney Nancy K. Ducharme brings big law firm experience and reputation to her intellectual property law firm, serving national corporate clients in the areas of trademark, copyright, internet law, and advertising law. You can find the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme by visiting NKD Law, and also by searching for the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme on Facebook. By clicking the like button on the law firm's business page, you'll receive periodic blog updates with recent developments in the rapidly changing field of intellectual property law. Now, back to the Consumer's Law Journal, we want to remind questions that uh, remind our callers that the telephone number is area code 889 Nine seven three two, and press option one to call in again. Nine one seven eight eight nine nine seven three two, option one to be placed in the caller queue. Now back. I'm sorry if I seem a little distracted. It's because I've got calls and texts and messages <laughs> coming in from callers. And um, all right. So our next question uh, is a criminal law question. The question is, um, juvenile was arrested for armed robbery. The parents are not able to afford to hire a lawyer. They want to know what they can likely expect. They said they cannot afford a lawyer right now. Good kid, but bad influences at school. So here's a situation where someone needs good criminal defense counsel and May not be able to afford to hire that criminal defense attorney, especially when uh, some of those fees are billed uh, in lump sum, flat fee up front. Uh, the family might be, not be able to do that. There are other options available uh, in state funded. Uh, facilities who can render assistance in this matter, Uh, but as far as answering the question on what they can likely experience in the juvenile system, and uh, in this case the caller is a caller from Illinois, and the individual is a 14-year-old male. So we will ask our question to our criminal defense attorney expert when that individual is on, and the next question I'm going to move to is this is it's this is the tree pushing a sidewalk up. Now this is an interesting. Uh, this kind of ties back to our caller who wanted to know about the trees uh, and the terrace way between the house and the property. Well, this is a little bit of a different issue here uh, because this individual is talking about a sidewalk that goes between the two houses, and the ca- the, the the caller the, the actually the, the person emailed the question. Um, They've indicated that the tree on the neighbor's side of the property, the roots are basically pushing up the sidewalk that goes between the two houses, uh, but is more the sidewalk apparently is fully on the property of uh, the individual who's asking the question, um, who sent us the email. So that individual, again, the the sidewalk is on their property and the neighbor's tree, the roots, are somehow pushing the sidewalk up and causing a problem. And the question um, was less of a liability question but more of a how can I make my neighbor either pay for the repair to the sidewalk, um, and I suppose they might have to tear the sidewalk up and chop away some of the dirt and relay the sidewalk um, and or ask them to... Get rid of the tree i'm not <laughs> I'm not sure what to do in that situation I'm not a landscaper but um, we will definitely have someone who can answer that question that is uh, generally a, a plaintiff's uh, question uh, plaintiffs plaintiff's attorney who would file a lawsuit against the neighbor uh, for some cause of action um, because of their tree uh, maybe a real estate attorney might be a good person to answer that question so um, Again, that is not something that I have ever experienced, but definitely a good question, and we will have that question answered on a follow-up show. I'm just going to making check marks of the questions I've gone through here. Okay. All right. Our next question is a question that may involve medical malpractice. The question is, or actually, the situation first before the question um, the individual was in the hospital from an injury, and it was, I guess, a head injury, and the individual had catastrophic insurance to cover an event. I guess such as a head injury, um, depending on what those catastrophic health insurance policies cover, and uh, we should state real quick that um, that is usually known as a, a you know emergency health insurance. If anything you know horrible happens, you would likely be covered for surgery and some outpatient care, but it's not. What most people would refer to as a premium policy where hospital vi- you know extended hospital visits and follow-up care may be provided, so again, the catastrophic health insurance policies um, are good, and I think that people should certainly have those instead of not having any health insurance, um, but they're not the full Cadillac treatment, so to speak and what happened in this case was that the hospital um, released the individual and they think that they released them prematurely and they think that they got less care in the hospital um, because of the level of insurance and that they had seen documentaries where insurance companies, uh, they actually talked about this, um, that they saw documentaries where insurance companies will order all sorts of care treatments and tests, um, extended visits for those People on Medicare or Medicaid you know or other good insurance um, sort of to drive the cost of the hospital up and uh, sort of you know playing with fees there on the hospital end. so anyways, this individual had seen a documentary that was addressing some concerns of those natures, and their thought that their thought is generally that this is maybe what happened in this case. Um, so that their catastrophic insurance policy is what got them what they are alleging is less than um, adequate treatment, and they think that they may have a medical malpractice claim well, um, depending on what the uh, hospital staff and the doctor did, you know there's a medical malpractice you know depending on what um, you know, the issue is with the care and the treatment, and they said here that because they were released early, they had a uh, subsequent injury, I suppose I should throw that in there, Um, they said that they had a subsequent re-injury because the initial trauma and head injury, um, they believe, wasn't treated, and the person, I guess, fell and hurt themselves. Um, So, not, you know, of course, one of the, for the first things that a medical malpractice attorney would want to do is order the hospital records and review to see what was done. And uh, the caller should know that that's first, uh, uh, you know, that's not free. Uh, They're going to have to likely pay for the medical records um, and have that in order for any attorney to even approach the situation, but uh, we can have our medical malpractice uh, attorney uh, just give some general information on the procedures there. The second thing, um, as far as liability, as far as being released too early, that may also be a hospital issue where the hospital might be a properly named defendant, and we have an attorney um, we know who works in the area of health care on the more the transactional end with contracts and such, but I know that uh, this individual might have someone who could field that question. So again, what happened was the individual was hospitalized for a head injury, believes that because they had catastrophic insurance, that that was a lower level of insurance, They didn't get enough proper treatment and were released prematurely and had a subsequent re-injury when they fell. So that is that question, and we thank the person who sent that question in uh, to the radio show. And then we're now going to move on to a probate question. This next question um is a probate and estate planning issue. Uh, Actually, we have two of them, um, so I'm just going to do these two in a row. The first issue is an individual has a house. They want to put their house in trust, and they want to do this because they're afraid that they could possibly lose their job. Um, Apparently, the company is in some position where this is a fear that the uh, individual has, and in the event that they lose their job, they want to make sure that they can save their house. So in advance, they're wondering what options are there to put the house in trust to avoid creditors in the event of a bankruptcy. Um, their concern is that they want the kids to be able to stay in the house um, they didn't mention how many kids they had or, or what their ages were, but they wanted to make sure that the kids could certainly stay um, you know, in the house they grew up in. Um, well, I'm assuming they grew up in there. But um, what other options for putting the house in trust? So estate planning attorneys generally work with trusts and can advise generally how trusts work and how putting property in trust may give you certain protections. Um, however, that's a two-part question where we also are going to need somebody with some bankruptcy experience to feel the bankruptcy uh, element of that question. So how do they put, can they put the tr- house in trust? Um, how they would go to put the house in trust? And then secondly, would putting the house in, in a trust help them avoid the house being lost uh, in a bankruptcy uh, proceeding? Again, want to mention that most states have um, Bankruptcy protection, uh, where you know bankruptcy is a federal, a federal issue, but states have different amounts that people are allowed to keep certain uh, property, and there are ways that they can generally keep the house um, in a general bankruptcy situation without necessarily going to put a house in trust or transfer title. Are doing something uh, like that. There are certain exemption amounts that we can have one of our uh, one of our attorneys uh, answer at a later date. So that is that question. Um, the second question is right along line with the first question. Uh, the second question from the uh, second individual says, uh, you know, "I have a house that I am fearing I'm going to lose. Um, I am in the foreclosure process right now." They didn't in- identify how far they are, but they said they were in foreclosure, and they want to know what they can do. And one of the things that one of our bankruptcy attorneys who we talked to on Time to Time talks about loan modifications, so that's something that we're going to have that individual address at a later date. Okay. Again, callers, if you want to call in and ask your question, 917-889-9732, option one, again, 889-9732, and a 917 area code. And, again, we like to receive questions because that helps us drive the programming for the show and bring you new callers on different topics to keep you better informed uh, as citizens and consumers. And we do receive questions from time and time um, between shows by email. Again, the email that you can use is info, I-N-F-O at A-L-R-P-R-A dot com. Again, info at A-L-R-P-R-A dot com. If you have a question that you'd like a lawyer to answer or if you have a general uh, suggestion for a radio show topic or there's something that you're interested in, um, one of the things that we work very heavily in in PRA is social media and I suppose the experience of the uh, two-way communications that most of us understand when using social media you know, typical marketing and um, communications are one way where someone's sending a message out um, and we have really appreciate the opportunity to have a two-way conversation with our listeners here, so we appreciate that people do call in and leave messages and comment and uh, give great feedback because that really helps us drive our show. Uh, the opportunity to connect people with professionals is also uh, really good. We had a caller uh, last week who had a question for Mary Erlaine, who was our guest, uh, talking about coaching, and by that caller calling in, it gave us an opportunity for us to connect him with uh, our guest, Mary Lane, and she could address some of his concerns. Maybe he'll refer a client to her at some point. Um, that's the general type of two-way communication that we really like here at ALRPRA and why we focus so heavily on using social media to accomplish many of our goals. And I'm just checking Facebook here to see if I have any more questions. The word anything, that's not a question. <laughs> anything let's see this I'm just going to respond anything within reason all right the uh, call the uh, person who posted a Facebook comment anything within reason please don't call and ask an absurd question <laughs> but we do uh, value your questions and your thoughts and uh, comments on how we can make the best show for you uh, let's go now to by the way we want to give you first Sponsor break. We want to let people know that who are just tuning in, um, if they just happen to find us online and just clicked on and they're listening to the show, this is the Consumers Law Journal on PRA Law Talk Radio. And our second sponsor is Jim Thompson from the Get Clients Now program. He's a seasoned attorney and marketing coach, and he can help you getting more clients, and getting clients now is always, now is always a good time to get clients. Um, he'll help you take the crucial steps towards increasing your firm's revenue by leading you through the Get Clients Now program. Now, that program employs various time-honored techniques to help you attract new business and encourage referrals. Jim is, by the way, going to be a recurring guest on the Lawyer's Toolbox show regarding attorney marketing. Jim's going to call in uh, sometimes at the end of the programs to say hello and give his tips of the day. Now, to learn more about Jim Thompson and the Midwest Consulting Group, please visit MidwestConsultants.net. And also check out his testimonials on Facebook by searching Get Clients Now. The ALRPRA strongly endorses the Get Clients Now program and understands the personal accountability component of this course. You can get in touch with Jim Thompson today by visiting midwestconsultants.net. The call-in number for those who are listening is 917 917- option one to be placed in the queue. Again, this is a general information program designed to offer tips to our callers, and the advice on this show does not constitute legal advice. And when an attorney does answer the question, that attorney answering a general question does not produce an attorney-client relationship. You are encouraged to independently contact an attorney if you need the help of an attorney for your issue. Now back to our questions. Let's change and shift gears here to an entertainment law question. As I notice here that I, as I made my list of the questions to read here, um, we have a, a lot of similar things at the beginning of the show here with our family law um, question. Um, with the father, well, the family law question, actually that caller said they were going to call and ask it so. Um, but the guardianship question, we have the probate question about putting the house in trust. Um, again, our guardianship question was the dad didn't want to go to the nursing home, what can be done? Um, how do they keep the house? Do they put it in trust? We had personal injury question where someone settled a case without an attorney representing them. now they're more injured. they wish they didn't settle. What can they do? Then we had the criminal law question. And the criminal law question involved a juvenile who was arrested for armed robbery, wants to hire a lawyer, parents can't afford it, what are some things they can do? Um, 14-year-old male, good kid with bad influences, don't want to see him become part of the system. I can certainly appreciate that. Then we had the question with the tree um, that was pushing up the sidewalk between the neighbor's property, what they can do to get the neighbor to fix their sidewalk or fix the situation with their tree. Um, Then we had the medical malpractice-slash-hospital liability issue with the individual with catastrophic insurance who did not get the treatment they felt they believed should have received and were, um, under their impression, released prematurely, have a subsequent re-injury. What can they do? We also had our, our caller who called in and indicated there was a grade school not far from his house where there was trees... Uh, There were trees on a terrace way. I'm not really sure what this terrace way is, but between the house and the street where the municipality might be responsible for those trees. And now we move to a question about entertainment law. Now, this is an interesting one. Um, The individual with the question says that he's in a band and his friend left the band his friend, when he left the band, took a lot of the songs to a new band. Guess what? The new band got signed to a record label. What can the first individual do who says that they were they they also he says that they all co-wrote the songs, but a lot of the ideas were his. And that the friend took everything, uh, basically took his band and a lot of their their ideas, and went to went to a new, you know, formed a new band, cut this guy out of the picture, um, shopped it around, and they were they received a deal um, with a record company. So what can he do? Well, there are a few issues going on there. Um, One is going to be his rights as to the music and the work. Um, And I have a a feeling that our entertainment law individual who we're going to call on this one uh, will have some good experience there. I attended his uh, lecture on entertainment law pitfalls and industry issues at John Marshall Law School a few years ago. Um, The attorney is Corky Kessler. Wonderful attorney. Smart guy. We'll see what he has to say. Um, So, again, the friend... The, all the band members friends had a band they co-wrote a lot of the songs um and you know a couple of the guys took off and looks like formed a new band and left this guy out in the cold and iced him so that is a great question um There may be some copyright issues there, depending on uh what you know who created the works uh what they did whether they had any uh any uh, whether the members in the band had any, you know any agreements amongst them uh while they were you know the first band was going on uh, you know did they and that's a question that we'll we'll follow up with our individual here and get some more information and some more facts um, for that so all right, next question is involving schools and education law now, let me first real quickly. Say that education law is sort of a, a a misnomer of sorts, because there are certain things that are peculiar to education but don 't necessarily require an a school or a school law attorney or education law attorney and I get those questions all the time. Someone wants a school law attorney or education law, and the issue actually has to do with uh, you know a contract dispute or you know something else. Um, going on there, so there's a little bit of a, uh, you know, difference there. Normally, uh, with education law, um, well, m- anyways, I'll just cut to the chase here. Um, what's going on here is there's a teacher, and the teacher is disciplining a student after school. I guess the teacher is picking on the kid um, and going through the kid's backpack and is searching the kid without saying why or giving any sort of an explanation. Um, It's an eight-year-old boy, and the caller is from Michigan, and we will find an attorney to generally answer the question as to what type of rights do students have at school. Um, It's a little bit different than out on the streets you know, Generally kids don't really have A lot of uh, constitutional rights But you know, I can't, I'm not a constitutional law expert I can't give the, you know, any of that advice or answers um, I know that there are, are several listeners out there Who would love to jump in on this and By the way, any of the lawyers out there Who want to field any of these questions Please feel free to get in touch with me If you want to be the one to answer um, That is absolutely fine Info at ALRPRA.com To get a hold of me so again, we're going to follow up on the teacher's discipline of the student, where the student was searched uh, over and over and being picked on and not being told why. You know, what are the rights? What can they do? OK, we have another caller. We're going to take this caller. Caller, you are live on the air on ALRPRA's Consumers Law Journal. How are you?
2: I'm good. How are you?
1: Very good. Go ahead, caller. OK. Um, well I'm
2: divorced and my ex-husband isn't around to see the kids. Um, I have sole custody and he has supervised visitation, but he isn't around so that's not really an issue. Um, but his parents who are also the kids' um, grandparents um want to see them. They miss them, um obviously. But I'm not too thrilled about this because I don't want them asking the, where's my dad, type questions. Um, It's not that I don't want my kids to see their grandparents. I'm just trying to avoid the situation until their father starts seeing them again. But last week, they said if I didn't let them seeing the kids, they were going to have their lawyer take care of it. And I'm just not sure if they can really do anything as far as that goes.
1: Okay your uh, well your situation involves uh, grandparent visitation and grandparent custody, and I can tell you that um there, depending on where you're uh, on where and I, I the the telephone number that you're calling in on is this a number that I can get a hold of you later Yes okay I will call you about the specifics of Uh, where you're calling from in your state and try to find someone to answer your question directly in where you're located because I see it's an out-of-state call. Um, But generally, there are rules about grandparent visitation. There have been cases, actually, where grandparents or the courts have given grandparents the right to see uh, grandchildren and said that it's in the children's best interest that they have a relationship with the grandparents And most of the things that are decided for the children in the best interest are going to be, you know, the best interest of the child. So it it, a lot of times will come down to how much contact someone's had, the grandparents have had with the child, uh, you know, what the situation is with the father and, you know, why he's not around, what's going on. And and if it it is going to upset the kids, um, you know, that's another thing that the courts will look at as well as the ages of the children. But there are some states where there are uh, statutory provisions for grandparent visitation and grandparents can ask the courts to order visitation in certain events. So, that, you know, so whether they can do something, it depends on the law in your state, um, and we will find someone to answer your question generally on the air, but also to contact you specifically, um, you know, to see if you have any, you know, further questions and, you know, tailored to where you're located. But they may or may not, I know that doesn't give you much to uh, hang your hat on, but they may or may not be able to ask a court to order uh, you to allow them to see the kids. Um, you know, so... Um, That is the short uh, response to your question, and we will find a great lawyer to answer your question more in depth at a later time.
2: All right, well, thank you so much for your time.
1: All right, well, thanks for calling in.
2: Yep. Bye. Bye.
1: Okay. All right. So that is our, I knew that we'd have family law. Actually, that caller uh, called in earlier. And wanted to give a heads up, so um, already spoke to her briefly um, again, grandparent visitation is something that the courts uh, in different jurisdictions have considered um, looking at uh, you know the fundamental right of a grandparent uh, to to have visitation with a grandchild. so different states, different opinions. we will get you some good intel on that. All right. Let me go to our next question. Again, before our call, we had the teacher who was going through the student's backpack, the eight-year-old. What were their rights? Do they have Fourth Amendment search and seizure rights at school? It'll be an interesting thing to find out. Um, we have another family law question here um, which sort of takes these in, in, in topical order. Um, this next family law question regards uh, child support in uh, out-of-state. Okay, so we have an out-of-state uh, child support obligor and oh no I'm sorry the 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 kids live out of state he's still and this is an Illinois caller uh, the dad is here in Illinois he's paying child support for his wife and, well, child support for the kids. The new wife, or the wife lives, has a new boyfriend, apparently, uh, living with them, and he says that they are in Indiana. So he's still paying child support for the kids, um, and there's a new boyfriend, apparently, who makes a lot of money as a high-income earner, um, and the dad wants to know if there's anything he can do about the child support because he feels he is getting squeezed um, on support obligations for three kids, Um, Again, they were here in Illinois uh, during the marriage. Illinois had the divorce uh, and post-decree issues. So Illinois is the the court um, jurisdiction right now and he wants to know what he can do to ask the Illinois court to reduce his child support obligation or if he can do that. Uh, Some people have told him that that's something that happens, that they can do that. So um, he wants to know what he can do to reduce his child support, where the mom and the three kids live uh, out of state in Indiana and have the 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 mom has a new live in I suppose I should mention that um, that may be an important thing for our attorney to answer um, has a live in boyfriend who is you know basically taking the kids on trips uh and you know doing different things like that. Um, so that is our second family law question let's go to another caller now this looks like an internet call because it's coming from all all ones unless 111 is an area code caller go ahead
0: yeah I was just wondering have uh, you ever sucked cock before if you look like a homosexual I'm sorry caller what was your question if, if you ever sucked cock you look like a homosexual <laughs>
1: Okay, this is why it would be nice if we could pre-screen some of our uh, our calls. So inappropriate calls happen sometimes, and that's why we have a little button and we click to hang up on them. All right, uh, the next question is a question about some interest charges um, and credit damage, potentially a credit damage question. Um, the question about the interest charges is from a caller who says that they have a credit card that has been, um, you know, that the credit card company was sending them uh, information uh, and uh, letters for a long time and that the interest rate rate kept going up, um, and then it finally went to a collection agency. Um, This is a question that we'll ask our credit damage expert, George Finder, at another time because it... um, is right up his alley, um, but again, the question was how long can the credit card companies hold on to the? How long can the credit card companies hold on to these uh, accounts before they ship them off to uh, a collecting agency? I guess that the individual thought that the you know the credit card company held on to it for a long time, so that they could charge more interest and hike the fees up, so that when they sold it. Um, when they sold the debt to a collecting agency, that that would be, you know, that they get more money that way, maybe they could sell it more. So um, that is an interesting question, uh, especially given our current economy uh, and things going on there. So that is a question that we will ask credit damage expert George Finder. Um, I do not have any more uh, pre Uh, selected questions, but we do uh, ask callers who are going to not be lewd and lascivious calling in, uh, but actually have a real question. That would be nice. Uh, 917-889-9732. Again, we apologize to any of our listeners who are offended by callers with offensive questions. Um, The nature of the radio program doesn't give us an opportunity to pre-screen the calls, so we really take them uh, as they come. So, uh, again, 917-889-9732 to call in. Again, option one to be placed in the queue. Again, that's 917-889-9732. Now let's move to our third sponsor. Our third sponsor is, as I just identified, our credit damage expert friend, George Finder. He is a credit damage expert who can put a dollar amount on credit damages. George Finder is only one of the credit damages experts in the country, and attorneys and plaintiffs who have retained his services have earned huge damage awards in various practice areas such as personal injury, employment law, family, and general civil litigation. By learning to incorporate credit damage questions into the intake process, you and your staff will learn to spot credit damage events worthy of retaining George Finder's Expert Credit Damage Analysis Services. By the way, we have an ongoing contest right now for any of our listeners who contact George Finder. Um, if you contact George and tell him that you heard about him on ALRPRA Law Talk Radio, you will receive free of charge one hour of CLE presentation. For more details, grab a pen, by the way, take down this email address uh, to respond to the offer. It's Credit Damage Associates. At gmx.com again, Credit Damage Associates at gmx.com. Um, I'm not familiar with gmx.com. it must be a new uh, email server there? Again, available nationwide. Credit Damage Expert George Finder's website is full of resources. Please visit creditdamageexpert.com. That's again different from the email of Credit Damage's Associates. I'm sorry, Credit Damage Associates at gmx.com. Uh, Creditdamageexpert.com is where you want to go to find more about George Finder and his expert services. I know that he's got a YouTube video there on the site which explains uh, in in Pretty straightforward, the whole whole process. Uh, George is also a recurring guest, as I indicated, in the Consumer's Law Journal Tuesday Law Talk radio program. Again, tune in uh, every first Tuesday of the month when George is going to answer questions from the public on credit damage issues. Let's remind all our callers with questions, 917-889-9732. Option 1 to be placed in the queue. And again, as a disclaimer, this is a general information program. The advice shared on this show does not constitute legal advice. Let's uh, go back. We don't have any callers, so at this time we're going to wrap the show. And I just wanted to, again, thank our listeners for tuning into the Consumer's Law Journal on ALRPRA Law Talk Radio. Thank you to today's sponsors. Uh, First, we have the Intellectual Property Law Office of Nancy K. Ducharme. Second, Jim Thompson of Midwest Consulting Group. And three, credit damage expert George Finder. Again, this is a general information program designed to offer practice management tips. The advice shared on this show does not constitute legal advice. Results may vary based on the specific matters specific facts of your matter, we uh, encourage you to privately consult an attorney and should be advised that the laws vary from state to state as they could apply to the comments made on the show. Comments made on the show are between attorneys and the public, are not what constitutes an attorney-client relationship. Our callers remain confidential, and the rights to this broadcast are reserved by ALRPRA Incorporated. Before uh, we sign off, I'm going to, again, fly through our list of questions for anyone who uh, tuned in late. Um, I'm just going to go through and share these all again with you. We had a family law question regarding grandparent visitation. Dad was cut out of the picture, and the – oh, no, I'm sorry, not cut out, but dad is out of the picture, and the grandparents now want to see uh, the grandchildren. The mother is concerned that it is not, you know, maybe in their best interest. They're not, the dad's not seeing the kids. Um but she's concerned on um, what she may have to do if she has to face a lawsuit and whether they can, uh, the grandparents even have standing to sue in her jurisdiction. So we'll, we'll set her up with someone to uh, see if we can get an answer to her. We also had the guardianship question where the dad does not want to go to the nursing home and the children want him to go to the nursing home. And... He does not want to go. What can they do? Can they hire an attorney? Can a court order this to happen? Um, Then we had a probate and estate planning issue with somebody who wanted to put the house in trust to avoid bankruptcy. Wants to make sure their kids can stay living in the house. By putting it in trust, does this solve the problem? Um, Then the second part, the second probate and estate planning question was what can I do to keep my house? Um, What are my options? My house is currently in foreclosure. Then we had a personal injury question when uh, we had someone with a case that they settled on their own without an attorney. The injury worsened and they now regret settling and also say that the insurance company uh, might have pushed them to settle and telling them that if they hire a lawyer, a lawyer is just going to take a third of what's not worth a lot in the first place. Um, Is there any liability there? Uh, then we had the criminal law question with the juvenile who was arrested for armed robbery. Armed robbery, sorry. Uh, can they want to hire a lawyer? They can't afford it. What can they expect? Uh, 14-year-old male uh, who was arrested for armed robbery. Uh, again, we had the tree pushing up the sidewalk, and the individual wanting to know what they can do uh, as a recourse with the neighbors um, to get them to help pay for or otherwise fix and remedy their sidewalk that's on their property from the neighbor's tree pushed it up uh, the roots, I'm assuming. Um, then we had a medical malpractice issue where an individual with catastrophic insurance feels that the level of insurance they had uh, caused them to have less than the best treatment. They think they were released prematurely. Subsequently, it was a head injury by the way, um, and they said subsequently they fell again and want to know if they have a medical malpractice claim and uh, ind- indicated that there may also be uh, you know, something involving the hospital themselves. On uh, seeing patients And discharging patients That's usually an administrative issue At the hospital And not necessarily um, On the doctor's end But again the doctor Usually has to sign off on them you know, being discharged. Um, Then we also, again, had, uh, we just read our credit damages uh, question um, with the interest charges. Um, Now, again, I don't necessarily know that that's a credit damage issue, um, but the interest charges on credit cards when they're charged and then, uh, you know, held and increased before they're sold off to collecting companies, that's a question for our uh, George Finder. We'll ask him. Um, And then our entertainment question, where the friend left the band... Uh, Took a lot of the songs with him, got signed by a new band, and the uh, jilted uh, original band member uh, wants to know if he has any rights uh, against the subsequent... band and their their New Deal because, uh, again, they took most of the songs and things that he helped create. So um, then we had the teacher disciplining the student, and they want to know what can be done where the teacher is searching the eight-year-old's backpack in Michigan. Um, then we had the family law issue with the out-of-state child support uh, issue where the wife and the Uh, boyfriend are in Indiana and uh, our caller here in Illinois is paying child support and wants to know if he can get his child support reduced Um, then we finally had our caller uh, first caller who wanted to know about the tree in front of his house and what can be done there because he's afraid that he lives by his school and um, what happens if the the municipality doesn't trim the branch, branch falls uh, kid is injured, what you know, what are the issues there? So, um, again, all of these questions are great questions uh, and indicate that there are things out there that people want to know, and we will find, we'll contact everyone individually and uh, try to connect them with a a lawyer or or some uh, sort of way that they can find a lawyer in their jurisdiction. For example, in Michigan, I don't know if I have anyone uh, for that individual, but certainly we can put them with a a source of finding the right lawyer to ask the question, but we also try to answer that question on the air in our follow-up show, um, or in the event that we have someone in a show completely dedicated to things that happen at schools, uh, that question will be answered there. So, again, just wanted to give you a quick recap of that. Um, this show today was a, a little uh, not a little disjointed, only because I had text messages from some of these questions uh, of people coming in, so... That's what we call flying by the seat of our pants. So I hope everyone enjoyed that. Uh, please send your questions in the future to info, info at ALRPRA.com, and please ask the questions because that is what helps us drive the content and guests who are going to appear now and in the future on the Consumer's Law Journal. Again, thank you for tuning in. The ALRPRA's Law Talk radio mission is to educate the listening community on relevant legal issues and law practice management concerns on our Thursday program and to offer means to help law, help law firm clients be well informed and also to help law firms spend more time serving their clients by sharing practice tips and referral sources. Again, ALRPRA's underlying values are transparency, flexibility, and humility. We are a full-service law practice management agency available nationwide when professional quality matters to your firm. Thank you again, and please tune in next week for the next episode of the Consumer's Law Journal, and don't forget that the Lawyer's Toolbox program airs Thursday at 3 o'clock. This is Nick Augustine for ALRPRA, and we thank you for your time.